Here you are. Here you are. Critics are calling The Killer a top-grade, heart-racing thriller. It's a terrific, anxiety-inducing, and daring movie that hits the mark. This is what it takes. You won't be able to tear your eyes from the screen. Please, consider yourself lucky if our paths never cross. Don't miss Michael Fassbender as... <laughs> the Killer. Rated MA15+. Watch The Killer. Only on Netflix, November 10. Dean Evans joins us on this Friday ahead of Champion Stakes Day. G'day, Dino. G'day, Gareth. How are you going, mate? Good, thank you. What do you make of Champion Stakes Day? Because it's turning into one of my favourite meetings of the year. But just trying to work out the form because you've got to work out, okay, then what races are these afterthoughts for a few of these horses? But the prize money's so great. So are trainers now starting to learn to build their campaigns around this race, this race meeting? Um, but before that, you've got the Cox Plate, the King Charles and races like that. Uh, the Everest that have been grand finals for some of these horses. So I just find this this race meeting intriguing in a way. It is, you know, and you put the nail on the head. It's an intriguing, interesting sort of concept, uh, you know, very similar to the um, international race day they have in Hong Kong in, in December. We've got sort of the, the champion sprint, the mile, and the uh, and the 2,000 metre race, weight raised, three million dollars, plenty of prize money. But I think you put the nail on the head that one of the key keys with horses. Um, and particularly at the top level is, um, you know, you can only go to the well a certain number of times. And when they're really trying to peak for those, you know, really, really big races, like you said, the, you know, the King Charles and the, the Cox Plates and the Everest and these sorts of things. And, um, you know, a big part, I think, of doing the form for these meetings is is looking at, you know, where are the afterthoughts? Um, and I think last year, you know, we had, had some sort of spoil overs uh, like Rock and Horse winning the sprint and, um, and, and I just think, you know, you've really got to try to have a look at their preps and see which horses, you know, might this be a run too far. Um, and I think last year in all cases, even the horses that sort of won around well, they, they didn't run to their peaks at this point. And so, like you say, I think the trainers are still getting used to, um, you know, whether they're setting the horses for this race or whether they've already set them for something earlier in the carnival. We'll take a look at the three group ones with you at Flemington tomorrow. We'll start off with the champion sprint. This is a clash we've been waiting for for a long time now between the Queen of Australian sprinting in In Secret and the Queen of New Zealand sprinting in Paratrees. Many say in Paratrees is the best sprinter in the world from what we've been able to see from her at Mooney Valley. But she comes down the straight at Flemington for the first time, which, of course, presents a different challenge for her. But she's into $1.85 now with Bet365. In Secret, $4.60. Then we go down to a... Like uh, the other horse under double figures here. Um, so Imperatory is $1.85. In Secret, $4.80. Bella Nipatina is next best at $12. Afura, 13 Star Patrol, 16 Espiona, 17 Airman, $26. Bones Notches, $23. And then Front Page, $29. How do you work out this race? Uh, are you with Imperatories or In Secret here, basically? Uh, look, I'm 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 leaning towards in secret. Uh, you know, Imperatrice certainly has has the runs on the board. This prep, um, her ratings have been through the roof. You know, she's run just uh, exceptional times in her her Moya win and her Manicato win. So, uh, you know, no question about that. I think, um, uh, but she's not a totally bomb-proof horse in the sense that you know they've they've been vocal that she prefers going sort of anti-clockwise rather than clockwise. Um, obviously, this is down a straight, but. Um, it's a little bit of a question mark. I do see in a very, very early um, uh, form going through New Zealand, 
you know, the only sort of straight six New Zealand has is, is Trentham, and she doesn't have a run down there. So she's really never done anything down the straight. Uh, and what she's taking on here is in secret, who I'd say is the best straight horse in Australia. She's only run uh, down the straight twice. She won the Coolmore, uh, you know, very comprehensively, um, and then came out and won the Newmarket. Um, and so, you know, her, her, her straight track credentials are, uh, are there and exposed and, and um, uh, she's fourth up here in secret. Um, seven of the last four winners have been fourth up. It's, it's a perfect uh, mix. And also five of the last six winners of this race have come out of the Everest. Um, and last year, Nature Strip came out of the Everest and got beat the nose. So um, she's got all the right form lines. Um, she, she's a queen down the track in secret. Um, you know, I just get the sense that, uh, um, you know, the Imperatory is bounding along uh, up there on pace. Um, you know, in secret's going to have the drop on her, and and, and I can see her storming uh, out home outside mm-hmm. and, and and knocking off Imperatory. Yeah, I think I'm with in secret. More I look at that race, oh, I've got a lot of respect for Imperatrice, and she's been sensational. She's gone to a new level this this campaign, even though she was so good last last preparation. But I just think in secret at the price, they sh- that the, the gap's just too big for mine between those two star mares, and there's an argument to say that. That if she drew a marble in secret, she 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 would have won an Everest. Um, it was nearly impossible yeah, and, for and her from that that gate that day. Yeah, it had to be yanked right out the back, and that was the day when they were favouring her you know, on the fence and on pace. She'd come from from dead last, uh, flown home, run to the plus seven point seven on the last thousand, which was the quickest of the day. Mm. Um, so she's she's flying. Uh, we know that, and she goes really well down the straight. So I think um, uh, she also just. You get the sense that you know, the Everest obviously was a target, but this race was also a target for her. Um, and, and it was from Peritrees too, but in Peritrees is sort of, uh, they're given her best in three runs in a row. And I, I just think at the prices, um, you know, in secret, it's definitely the value. I was having a look at this race at Flemington, the Champions Mile, that I can't wait for. But there was some, uh, like I was looking at the nominations a couple of minutes just before nominations closed. There was only four horses in the Champions Mile. I think Alligator Blood was in the Champion Stakes until they said, well, we've got to go into the Champions Mile now. And I think that Pride of Jenny was a late nom as well. So that just got me thinking once again, just to confuse me after finding out that piece of information. So you got Mr. Brightside 250 is the market leader, Fangirl at 290. Alligator Blood three forty, Pride of Jenny seventeen, the inevitable twenty three dollars, Victoria Road twenty six, Banker's Choice sixty one. Now, hear me out here, Dino. This is my theory. Fangirl, I want to be with, but I don't know if it's an afterthought, and I'm I'm a little concerned if Pride of Jenny crosses to the front, makes it a truly run race, that she might be vulnerable, and that turn of foot might be taken away from her. Um, but in saying that, I want to be on her because I can't get the King Charles out of my mind. Out of my mind, and I, and the smaller field on a um, firm track suits her. Brightside's going to get a lovely run just off the pace back to the mile. Um, and if you go on his Cox Plate run and his runs before the the King Charles, he looks awfully hard to beat. But Alligator Blood, he might cross to the front here prior to Jenny misses it and dictate terms like he did last year. But then I'm thinking, well. Why, why were they in the champion stakes and not the champion's mile and only changed their mind like at the deadline of nominations closing? So I'm just completely confused, basically. Have I confused you more? <laughs> it's definitely tricky from that perspective. Of yeah. the um, you know, there's, 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 you know, Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood, Fangirl, 
uh, even Victoria Road. They could have all run in the uh, in the 2000 metre race. Um, and so it's interesting to see with the small sort of field that they've um, they've elected to come here. Uh, you know, Pride of Jenny makes the race really interesting as well um, because she only knows one way. So she's going to put up a really strong speed up front. Um, we know Alligator Blood can absorb strong speed. Um, but again, you, you know, with the likes of Alligator Blood, I just think Alligator Blood's been up with the Underwood, the Caulfield Stakes, where he's at an absolutely breakneck speed, the Cox Plate. Um, and again, you know, Mr. Brightside, who's, who, who was up since, you know, the PB Lawrence in, in mid-August, uh, winning those sort of races, the Memzy McKayby, um, seemed a little bit flat, you know, had to go to Sydney for George Main, managed to hold it up, you know, and still run well on the Cox Plate. And he's an iron horse if he can run well again here. I do feel like Sandville is the fresher horse on the scene. Um, she just hasn't had the tough runs, you know, she's been out the back, uh, flying home. They ran pretty soft early sectionals in the Warwick Stakes and the Seven Stakes. They ran really soft, uh, you know, they were 10 lengths below par for the first section in the King Charles as well, so she was just able to storm home. And then she sort of got held up on the cox plate. So for me, Fangirl is the one with the, the fresh legs. Um, if I had to back one on the race, I'd probably wanting to be backing her. Um, I'd just have to be risking with the bright side. Now I go to blood because they've just they've been to the well so many times. They're both fixed up. They're coming back from 2000, um, and they're going to have to absorb this really hot speed that I think part of Jenny will, will set, and they'll sort of be um, you know the sitting ducks there, second and third. So I'm very keen on Fangirl and. Mm-hmm. I thought the interesting runner was, was Victoria Road. Um, yes. You know, has really, really good overseas form. Um, I think, you know, had the feet troubles before the Cox Plate. Uh, Blue Gale that day, the race just didn't quite suit it. Uh, I also think, you know, very much more of a mile than the 2,000 metre horse anyway, Victoria Road, um, based on his form overseas. So I think if there was one, you know, fresh horse on the scene, um, I just think, you know, he's, he's an entire, he's a valuable horse, Victoria Road, and I, I can't imagine after feet problems that they'd be running him here unless they thought they'd got him right and, and he was going to do something. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm risking alligator blood and Mr. Brightside. I'm backing Fangirl, I think, but I, I, I'm going to have something on Victoria Road because it's just the crash horse on the scene with plenty of talent. Yeah, the winkers go on Victoria Road and they drop back to the 1,600 metres. So I think that's a... A good plan there from Kiramar and David Eustace. You take over the training of this galloper now from Aidan O'Brien. So he's definitely the intriguing horse or the, the horse with the intrigue there, I think, tomorrow. I've, listening to Blake Shin and talking to Johnny O'Neill and the connections as well with that horse, I think he got too keen in the Cox Plate. So mm. um, it'll be interesting to see how he settles and, and then gets into his rhythm over the mile at Flemington. In the champion stakes, West Wind Blows, who's been – Superb here in Australia since arriving. Second in a Turnbull, second in a Caulfield Cup behind without a fight. You look at his numerical form, two, three, two, two, two. I wonder if he knows how to win, however. Jamie Spencer rides at two seventy. Zaki at five dollars, Prowess at six dollars, Juaz at six fifty, and a tissue at eight fifty. Then we go down to Buckaroo at fifteen, Montefilia at twenty-six. And then big prices for Wetor at 40 to 1, Young Verter at 40 to 1, Zarek at 50 to 1, and Pinstriped at 50 to 1 with Bet365, Dino. Yeah, look, sort of mix of leaders and back markers on this race. We've seen five of the past seven winners. <clears throat> the winner settled in the first three and running. Um, and it sort of suits the likes of uh, Darkey, um, you know, Proud West, the up on speed, and, and Westland Blows. Uh, yeah, you're right about Westland Blows. Hasn't, hasn't sort of won for a while. I'm not sure if it's the horse or, or Jamie Spencer. Um, and, and Jamie Spencer's had, had 17 rides here now without a winner yet. 
Um, so I think there just has to be an opportunity to bid around uh, West Wind Blows. Um, I'm really keen on Jua. I think she's just racing so consistently well with perhaps her third in the Underwood, third in the Caulfield Stakes. I don't think Caulfield um, is a track that she uh, you know, particularly excels at anyway. Um, uh, she came she to the Cox Plate. That was a huge run. You know, she was held up over 300, only beaten 1.3 lengths. Um, again, the Cox Plate's always the best form for this race. Um, and I'm just very keen on her. I think Jua clearly on top. Uh, and Azaki's won this race the last couple of years in a row with a nine-year-old now, so it's hard to dive into him. But he's, you know, on ratings, he's going just as well. Um, and they've been very consistent this prep, uh, done nothing wrong. And he's just going to camp up there and, and lead. I think proved hard to run down. Although, again, the roughy was, was potentially Buckaroo. Um, he just came out of that really, he's got that similar form line to Victoria Road, you know, very classy uh, entire. Um, Joseph O'Brien stuck here. Um, and decided to give him another run in Australia. I just thought that um, that King Charles race was a, was a funny race. And there were some very, very good horses. He got, you know, beat a long way. Um, but he sort of got back um, on the slow speed and, and really just started to warm into it late. And his last sort of sectionals um, were one of the best in the race, sort of outside of, of Fangirl and, and Kovalika. Um, he was just starting to get warm. He's one that looks like he'll appreciate the 2000 a bit more. Um, and so, you know, in a race where I'm just going to bet around West Wind Blows, um, I think, you know, Jua on top clearly with, you know, potentially Zarkin and Buckaroo dangers. Great stuff, mate. Hopefully it's another fill-up for your followers uh, tomorrow afternoon. You've been sensational all spring. Um, good luck. And for all of the SEN listeners out there, it's, uh, I keep on saying it each and every week, it's uh, you're backing a winner on a Saturday. If you can go to Winning Edge Investments, go to the membership page, you type in SEN, and you get 50% off, lifetime 50% discount off a of membership with Winning Edge Investments, mate. So um, a sensational offer for our listeners with your service. Cheers, mate. Good luck to everyone tomorrow. All right, good on you, mate. There's Dean Evans there. WinningEdgeInvestments.com. Tips and ratings from professional punters throughout the spring racing carnival. Chances are you're about to lose 